polished by hundreds of hands that had clutched it during exercises. I was performing an arabesque, balanced on my left leg, right leg extended out straight behind me, head up, right arm curving gracefully, fingers held just so. From this position, I moved to an attitude, similar to an arabesque, but with the right knee slightly bent. I was certain that every muscle in my body had memorized the small differences between the two. But at that moment, Madame Théodore clapped her hands and shouted across the room in her terrible, grating voice, Marie! Mademoiselle Van Gotem! What is it you're doing, Mademoiselle? You look like a dog pissing! I heard the other girls smother their laughter in muffled gasps. I disliked them for laughing, but if I had been in their place, no doubt I, too, would have laughed. A dozen times a day she shouted at me, as she did at them, but this was the worst. Madame Théodore taught by humiliation. You prayed that she would never look your way, but sooner or later she always did, and her eyes, sharp as needles, missed nothing. Un chien pissant. Tears stung my eyes. I bowed my head while she lectured me, blood rushing to my face. I had vowed that I would never weep in front of her, as many of the girls had. When she was through with me, I resumed my position at the bar, and Madame Théodore turned her piercing eye and biting tongue on someone else. Now I trotted behind Monsieur Degas, my sabots clattering on the damp cobblestones, wondering if we were going to his studio, but afraid to ask, lest he think me impudent. Kane tucked under his arm and cloak flapping about his stooped shoulders. He marched up the narrow street like a general at the head of an army. He wasn't a young man, for his closely cropped beard was streaked with gray. Although he was such a familiar figure at our classes and rehearsals, none of the students of the ballet school had seen the pictures he'd made of us. My sister, Antoinette, had sometimes posed for him, and she'd heard that his paintings fetched high prices from wealthy collectors. Maybe Les Etoiles... The stars of the ballet saw his pictures, but not us, the lowly dancers of no importance. He didn't say a word to me until we turned onto Rue Frochot and stopped in front of number four, a tall, narrow door with chipped green paint. I knew the place. I'd been there before. My mother worked as a laundress, and Monsieur Degas was one of her customers. Each week, Maman sent me or my older sister to pick up a wicker basket full of dirty linens and, later, to return the clean linens, ironed and carefully packed in the same basket. I'd never been farther than the first-floor landing, never encountered Monsieur Degas himself. Instead, I'd handed the basket over to the housekeeper, Madame Sabine, and waited while she counted out the shirts and other linens, and then the sous that were owed. 
My sister, Antoinette, boasted that she'd often been invited upstairs to his studio on the fifth floor. To model for him, she said. Then she added, in the nude, and pursed her lips in an arch manner that made me want to pinch her. I didn't know whether to believe her or not. Antoinette was a born liar. She'd lie for no particular reason, sometimes just to make herself look better or to make someone else look worse. I often lied, too, when I had something I wanted to hide, but I had to work at it, and I was never as successful as my sister. I didn't think it would have bothered Antoinette to take off her clothes for an artist. She was like that. I was certain it would bother me. Now I followed Monsieur Degas up flight after flight of stairs. The higher...